0: Find your spot, put it in park, here we go. What's up, everybody? Free Parking Pod back for Episode 7. Not the typical crew in here today. We have our newly joined member of the FPP team, Mead Wombald, our sports analyst and sports betting advisor. Uh, Mead, what's up, dude?
1: What's up? Uh, glad to join the team excited for the the journey see where it's going to
0: take me yeah man absolutely and uh on the producing end of things uh our dj nader is in the house
2: how we doing everybody uh first appearance on the pod i've been doing some behind the scenes work uh ever since we started up the pod so i think it's finally time i hopped on
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Great to have you boys on. So uh, we actually have Deaver out in L.A., um, who is extremely busy at the moment, and Jim also very busy, you know, working for the AC Blackjacks. They got a game, I think, uh, what, two weeks? Hashtag all in. uh, yeah, hashtag all, in. <laughs> all bets in. I don't know. Anyway, um, a couple new additions to the FPP team. Like I mentioned, we have me humble, our sports analyst, sports betting guy, and our new social media guy running it. A former guest on the pod, Bryce Sonberg, is now an official member of the FPP team. We have a squad of five now, or squad of six. I'm terrible accounting, I couldn't tell you. But if you go on our Instagram, we have a highlighted story, and uh, meet the crew um and we uh just reintroduce ourselves on there so go check that out all right so everybody back to the big sports topics of the week our first segment we like to go through we have the 76ers in a uh pretty heated battle with the brooklyn nets uh nate made what do you think guys i mean the sixers are clearly the better team but this whole jared dudley thing is throwing a wrench in a lot of stuff
2: is he the funny looking dude from the nets yeah,
0: he is, man. He's bald, like weird-looking
2: guy. I, I saw this picture on Twitter. of It was a picture of him next to Larry the Tomato from VeggieTales, and it <laughs> said, like, do you see the resemblance? He's, he's an interesting-looking dude. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the ejection that happened in game – I guess it was game three with uh, Jimmy Butler stepping up for Embiid. Um, I didn't get to see it. I wasn't really watching the game. But from what I can tell, the Sixers are buzzing right now. Uh, they're beating the Nets three to one in the series. Um, there's been a lot in this series. It's been like very interesting to watch with Embiid on his cell phone um, and <laughs> getting called out. Them getting booed. Like this series has been a whirlwind. And for the Sixers, we haven't been in the playoffs for a while. So I think they're easily going to win this series. Um, I think they they play on Tuesday, uh, right? The next game against Game Four is on yeah. Tuesday. Or game five. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, yeah. Game five um, at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, definitely tune into that if you can. It's going to be a good one. Jared Dudley coming back to, you know, really spark uh, spark a fire in the Sixers. I, you know, something I've been looking at watching these games. Jared Dudley's really exposing the Sixers' mental capacity, in in my opinion. He's really showing that you know the Sixers are kind of easy to get in their head. So. You know, I don't know if it's something that the Sixers are gonna easily be able to overcome, but you know, if I was the I believe they're playing the winner of Toronto and the Magic. If I was the Toronto or Magic, I'd be looking at it like, hey, all we gotta do is start chirping Ben Simmons on social and start getting him on the court and you know, we could start getting some ejections and maybe a possible win in this in this series. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Mead?
1: Dudley's doing a great job. He said out
0: he, he came out and said that uh
1: He's pretty much trying to get in their head. He's doing it, obviously. But when it comes down to it, Embiid said it the best. He's a nobody. Uh, Came out, chirped against Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had the best playoff game of his career, 31 points. How many points did Dudley have?
0: Zero. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Dudley, it was a really funny interview after the uh, latest Sixers game with the ejection and whatnot. Embiid was getting interviewed, and he, he... literally said i'm more important to my team than he is to his team so you know i just had to stay out of the scrum
2: i'm too valuable for my team uh that's why i didn't react i did not do anything did um, uh, jimmy what butler it, got a, what's up what did Embiid say about him he, he said he's a nobody right yeah he first said thing he in said the interview he's a the, lady like, the lady was like the way like what do you think about him and the first thing he says is like i'm
0: in first of all He's a nobody, so his first two sentences were something, something. Jared Dudley's a nobody, so you know it's it's funny. And Bead's just a character, man. Um, you saw he chirped the Golden State Warriors in his post game interview. He's like, you know, we don't want to pull a uh, Golden State Warriors and and blow a three one lead. Jimmy Butler had to get up and walk away because he thought it was so funny. Um, I got a kick out of that as well. Um, but you know, just a segue into a couple other things that are going on in the NBA right now. The Celtics just swept the Indiana Pacers for nothing in that series. Celtics are looking hot right now as a four seed, but unfortunately, they're most likely going to be having to go up against the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Boo Boo. I don't remember his last name. Um, so yeah, they're the Celtics in my opinion. They're, they're done. It's going to be an Eastern conference final with the Sixers and Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, you know, the Sixers are a proven team against the Bucks. They beat them. They've lost to them, but I think the series is going to be uh, a hell of a series.
1: I think we just got to keep the chemistry. Uh, Sixers are playing well. Hopefully MB can get healthy. Um, there's a lot of controversy over his, uh, conditioning e- uh, work ethic, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, They played an interview with Landry Mm Shamet when he was on the team this week on WIP. As a rookie, he had to buy the plane on road trips, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Joel indeed bought his own order. Four Chick-fil-A sandwiches, two large fries, and four cookies and cream milkshakes in a sitting.
0: <laughs> well, dude, when you're when you're a foot taller than our co-host Deaver, who's who's not here, when you're a foot taller than him, I mean we see what how Deaver eats. He's he's two chicken sandwiches from from Chick-fil-A. You know, he's he's a he's a couple fries, but dude, I'll tell you what, man, the guy maintains good figure. Deaver and Embiid, man. They can eat as much as they want, but they're still beasts, dude. Still beasts.
1: I, I love the dude, but uh when he's uh, 10 seconds behind, going down the court behind Simmons, trying to get back and at least get a rebound, uh, it's concerning that he's eating that much Chick-fil-A.
0: Yeah, maybe turn it down to three sandwiches. I don't know. That might do it. So in uh, in other big sports news today, um, I don't know if you guys are following on our Twitter account, but um, our Delaware Blue Hens, uh, just a quick plug, are in a three-way tie for the CAA lacrosse um, uh, title right now. So the, f- the number one seed gets to host of the entire CAA uh, which um, the winner of the CWA gets an automatic bid to Philadelphia for the National Lacrosse Championships, which are at Lincoln Financial Field um, right up the road in Philly. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, good luck to the Blue Hens, and uh, we're following you closely. All right, so another big sports topics news, uh, our local Philadelphia Eagles, um, the team that, you know, all of us here at Free Parking Pod are big fans of, um, their schedule was released so we are going to run through the schedule uh very quickly and give a final record prediction um and uh we'll 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 see what we come up with here so week one we have eagles versus redskins in philadelphia i'm gonna say that's a win uh being that the eagles are pretty successful against the redskins what do you think about that
1: i have to agree uh, especially after last year uh Washington didn't have a quarterback.
0: Yeah, exactly. I and think we, they went through five. Yeah, we don't know about Alex Smith either. From what I gather, he's uh, pretty much done. Uh, week two, we have the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. That's going to be a tough game, but like uh, like the Redskins, the Eagles are pretty successful against the Falcons. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 and for the Eagles.
1: I have to agree with you. Okay.
0: Week three, we have the Lions in Philadelphia. Matt Stafford. Has been a thorn in the side of the Eagles organization. He always plays good against the Birds. Um, I believe we haven't had a win against the Lions in you know a, the last few years. Um, but in Philadelphia, the Eagles are a different team now. They have Carson Wentz. I'm gonna go Eagles three and O through Week Three.
1: Eagles three and O.
0: Week four, we have the Packers in Green Bay. That organization is in shambles at the moment. New head coach. They fired uh, their previous head coach, who was an NFL legend. That guy, I, I, when they fired him midseason last year, I knew that something was up. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good wide receiving core anymore. Um, I'm going to take Wentz, the Birds, and Dougie P at 4-0 through week four.
1: Like the way you think
0: week five we have the jets in philadelphia Uh, jets now have Le'Veon bell and uh, sam darnold so we'll see what they can do i'm not going to count the jets out here but for the jets uh with their new team coming into philadelphia i think it's too tough of an atmosphere for the young quarterback and sam darnold and who knows if he's even going to be the starter so i'm going to go eagles five and oh through week five
1: i'm with you there uh I think Le'Veon's going to realize he probably should have been in Philly when our uh, run-stop defense, which has consistently been number one in the league, uh, just... Probably gives them five yards of the whole game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna go to Week Six against the Vikings in Minneapolis. I'm gonna say the Eagles drop this one. Uh, the Vikings are, you know, a hit or miss team, but the Vikings are also going to have the NFC Championship two years ago in the back of their minds. Uh, the Eagles gave them an old fashioned Brooklyn beatdown, um, and you know, this being in Minneapolis where the Super Bowl took place. Eagles are going to be, I think, a little overconfident, thinking that they played in a big game there, and uh, I think the Eagles are going to drop to five and one through Week Six.
1: I have to disagree with you there, just because uh, Kirk Cousins is in the pocket, and uh, we know what the Eagles did to him when he was with
0: the Redskins for all those years. So I'm thinking five and one. You have six and zero. Right six now. and zero. Um, we have next game, week seven, against the NFC East division rival Cowboys in Jerry World. I'm going to say the Cowboys take this game. Um, we are struggling against the Cowboys right now unfortunately hate to admit it but the Eagles I saw a statistic that they have yet to win a game that Ezekiel Elliott has started in so um you know down in Jerry World week seven coming off the Vikings game which is going to be a hard fought game I'm thinking the the birds drop this one and and go to five and two
1: I'll have to agree with you there um I think they're going to split throughout the season one win on each side yep um but I think they're going to be worn out come week seven
0: uh, so we move along to Week Eight, and we have the Buffalo Bills, and uh, this is going to be a absolute blowout. I don't care if this is up in Buffalo, New York, or not. The Eagles are going to demolish the Bills. I don't see any, um, I don't see any threats that the Bows or that the Bills uh, pose. Um, you know, the young quarterback who's who is uh, widely regarded to be uh, hopeful to be pretty solid. I don't think he's ready yet. I think the Birds experience trumps this team, and they move along to, I'm sorry, what are we now, 6-2? and two. Yep, for me, 6-2. and two. Mead, you're at 7-1. Uh, and one.
1: Uh, Easy win. Eagles fans are the best in the country. Only thing that the Bills have, though, is uh, Bills Mafia.
0: So we move along quickly to week nine against the Bears in Philadelphia. Matt Nagy, uh, you know, this is one of our uh, Blue Hen alums, so obviously like the guy a lot. um, But coming off a double-doink loss to the Birds, they're going to have that in the back of their mind. They're going to come in a little too hot to the link, um, and I think the Eagles are going to be able to uh, take them out. So I'm thinking Birds are now 7-2. and
1: I like that win as well. Going to be a very defensive game, though.
0: Week 10, we have a bye. So going into week 11 at 7-2, and two, we have week 11 Patriots in Philadelphia. Super Bowl rematch two years later. I'm going to say the Eagles drop this game at the link to Tom Brady and the Patriots, unfortunately.
1: I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to go either way. Um, we don't have Foles. Might lose some momentum there, but they don't have Gronk who's uh, Brady's That's true. number
0: one receiver. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I actually didn't factor that in, but I'm still going to stick to my guns here and say Eagles are now 7-3. and three. Mead, you have the Eagles at 8-2? and hmm Okay, next we move along to Week 12 against the Seattle Seahawks in Philadelphia. I love this matchup. I think coming off the Patriots game and, you know, I'm not saying hopefully a loss for the Eagles, but hopefully, you know, a game that starts a little fire under their butt because it's week 12, getting close to the end of the season. The Seattle Seahawks are going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia and the birds will move along to nine and two for me.
1: Uh, I think they're going to win as well. Uh Unfortunately, Russell Wilson's going to go back to Seattle just as rich as he came in.
0: <laughs> yeah, that new contract is nuts. So now we move along to Week 13. We have the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in Miami uh, going up against Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, I don't know, man. Ryan Fitzmagic really showed up in that Buccaneers game last year against the Birds who uh, actually stunned the Eagles. I think it was within the first three weeks. I still like the Birds in this game. I'm going to go 10-3. 10 and 2 for the for the Eagles against the Dolphins. What do you think?
1: I I have to agree. Uh, it's going to be a easy game compared to New
0: England and Seattle. Uh week 14 against the Giants, no need in Philadelphia, no need for an introduction or any any further information. That's a W. Eagles are going to move along to um, 10 and 3. Or 10 and 2. What, I, what what am I at? Honestly, kind of forget what I'm at. 10 and 2. 10 and 3. 10 and 3. 10 and 3. 10 and three yeah. All right, we move along to Week 15 against the Redskins in Maryland um, where they play, and that's another W for the Birds. We're moving along to 11-3. and three. We have Week 16 in Philadelphia against the Cowboys. Uh, this is the game that I think the Eagles are going to come back and f- come out firing to, uh, which a lot of people are thinking this is going to be the game to decide the NFC East. So I'm going to say Eagles beat the Cowboys in Philadelphia and move along to 12-3. and three. And the last game of the season at Meadowlands against the Giants, obviously Giants are in some kind of predicament right now. Go listen to one, uh, I believe episode three or four was with Dan O'Keefe who talked Giants football They are in uh, the garbage can right now. So Eagles are going to win this game and the final record for me will be 13 and three.
1: My final record is going to be uh, 14 and two. I absolutely love the schedule in December. Uh, I think it's going to be win after win after win after win after win. In other Eagles news, um, I love Carson Wentz. Um, I think he's the king of Philadelphia. Um, Yesterday, Donovan McNabb, a Philadelphia legendary quarterback, uh, did an interview and said that if Carson Wentz does not bring home the NFC championship, then he should go. Um, I think that's a lot of pressure to live up to, especially after coming off two hard seasons.
0: uh, Two injuries.
1: And a ton of other injuries surrounding the team. Um, you, you can't really work with much if your corners are injured. Right. Peters at left tackle, who's awesome but old. Uh, is consistently injured. Uh Kelsey's old, he's getting old, he was playing with a torn ACL and something, yeah. Shoulder and everything was injured. Um I, I just think that's a lot of pressure to live up to. Yeah, um,
0: without a doubt. I, I think that there comes a point in time where there's only so much Wentz can do as a quarterback. You know, a lot of people will say Tom Brady had nobody around him to win games. Tom Brady and Belichick are just, they're a different beast. You know, you look at the Eagles last season with Wentz, they suffered a lot of big injuries early in the year. And, you know, there there wasn't that much Wentz could do. So I'm going to go off and say that, what Donovan McNabb said is, uh, you know, a little far-fetched. Um, Nate, you were saying something about the over-under for the Eagles winning this year was 10 and a half games or something. Yep, Go ahead. The, with that.
2: the uh, over-under for the Eagles is 10 and a half. Uh, they're plus 110, uh, minus one th- uh Wait, hold on, I'm sorry. Plus 120 and minus 140.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, me and I clearly both said that they were going to hit the over on that. Uh Meade had a big over. I had a closer over to that at 13 wins. Meade had 14 wins. Um obviously the birds are they're going to drop a win here and there. They, you know, everybody thought the game against the Buccaneers last year was going to be a lock and they dropped it. Um there was another one where they dropped two that everyone was like, how the heck did they lose that? But this year, you know, with everybody healthy and oh, this new running back that they have now too takes a lot of stress off Wentz. So I don't know, man. I really think the Eagles are, are set up for a very successful season. Um, and Wentz is here to stay, man. He, he is.
2: I would like to point out also that the Eagles are the second highest uh, over-under for wins out there. The New England Patriots are at 11. And then tied for second place for having to need the over-under for wins is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Eagles, which are both at 10.5. 10.5. <clears throat> so basically 11 wins.
1: While you're looking at that, I'm just curious. What are the Browns at?
2: The Browns? 5.5. 5. Wow.
0: Dude, they are clear over for 5.5 wins. That's ridiculous. So a little further with the Eagles, mead, you were mentioning to me before the podcast about the Eagles drafting Carson Wentz's backup? Or what, uh, reiterate this one for me.
1: Yeah, so uh, there's some speculation that the Eagles might pick up Easton stick out of NDSU. He was uh, Carson's backup, so uh, you know how Carson's backups have uh, been doing. <laughs> they won us a Super Bowl. Obviously, uh, Carson's conditioning and training, whatever you want to call it, out of NDSU uh, landed him a 13th overall pick, uh, coming from a very small Division One school. They're actually
0: they're in our conference, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, or not in our conference, but they're in our league. We're uh, Division One FCS.
1: Yeah, I mean, he went higher than anybody from well, not anybody, but a lot of people from the SEC and mm-hmm. big conferences like that. So, uh, yeah,
0: their man. coaching
1: out there is consistently good
0: yeah absolutely um so along with the Eagles potentially drafting this NDSU backup um I would love to see or just love to be a fly on the wall in that quarterback room uh you know if it was Wentz and the quarterbacks coach and this backup from NDSU, the chemistry in there would probably be amazing. Uh, The quarterback that comes in and gets drafted from NDSU would probably be, um, you know, extremely malleable and and learning so much stuff from Wentz and and the quarterbacks room. So obviously Doug Peterson's a great quarterbacks coach as well, being that he was one. Um, Another thing I want to point out too is the, uh, one of our Delaware guys, Nazir Adderley, a safety uh, who played in the senior bowl is looking to be drafted uh, by the Eagles in the second round, late first um, or early second round to be a safety, which is a position that the Eagles could use. Um, they have a a experienced Malcolm Jenkins back there who could coach this kid and make him really good. Um, but you know, second late first round, early second round picks tend to be you know pretty successful. So hopefully, our boy Nazir Adderley can uh, from from Delaware can can get to the Birds and. Make a little Delaware impact in Philly.
1: That's news to me. Uh, yeah. I know we're looking for a safety. We've been looking at mm-hmm. our UF safety, um, but that would be awesome. He's actually from Philadelphia, so right. hometown boy like Clement. Growing up, watching the Eagles, loving the Eagles, so bringing that energy in there, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would on, be sick. On, so
2: Fun fact on Corey Clement. I was DJing at the pool in Atlantic City one night, and Corey Clement was on the uh, backstage backstage couple like all the way on the ground he wasn't up on the stage but he was right by the stairs of it and I was playing and I looked over and he wanted to get my attention so he like kind of like huddled me like hey come here and I walked over and I was like wait a minute I was like are you Corey Clement and he was like yeah and I was like dude no way I was like can I get a picture with you and he was <laughs> like he was like yeah man of course and I was like all right come with me and I started walking up stage and he goes wait I can come up there and I said, "Dude, you can do whatever the fuck you want." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, hell yeah, you can come up here." Um, he came up. His like two friends that were there came up, like dapped him up on stage. Um, I asked him, "Hey, do you want to get like introduced?" Because I mean, I I didn't know some celebrities don't want to, or some athletes, celebrities, whatever. Uh. They don't want to make a big scene whenever they go out or anything like that. So I asked him and he was like, yeah, man, like, I don't care. Sure. Uh, just give me like a couple of minutes. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, Ten seconds went by and he goes, not nah, dude. like whenever you're ready, like whenever I'm Good. And I was like, all right, cool. Faded out, got on the microphone, and I was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, we have Corey Clement here from the Philadelphia Eagles. Make some noise!" And I slammed in "Dreams and Nightmares."
0: No and way! All
2: all his boys that were up on stage started going crazy. It was a uh, it was a really cool night. Good to meet him. I uh, I got the picture with him. Uh, we'll have to throw it up on the Instagram. Shout outs to Corey Clement, great guy. Always he's always uh I know a bunch of DJs uh, that play in Atlantic City and. Uh, He's good friends with a few of them. Uh, he definitely makes a, his presence uh, shown in Atlantic City and pretty much everywhere uh, in Jersey other than football. Um, but yeah, just yeah. had to throw in my two cents about me meeting Corey Comet. It was an awesome night.
0: Yeah. So uh, actually, you know, working for the Eagles, I've done a couple events with him, and he actually dis eyes is when people say Cory Clement he's like dude my last name's clement my last name is cory clement like it
2: didn't it didn't seem to mind when i said it but i mean yeah it's you could say it either way but i mean i i'm sure there's a correct way to pronounce it via him but yeah know, spur, spur yeah, of probably. the moment thing
0: yeah, that's a great story, man. Thanks for chiming in on that one. Uh, we'll definitely throw that pick up on, a, on the uh, Instagram um, when we get a second. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to our sports talk for this week. And we will, you know, segue right into our uh, our other topics here. So in other news this past week, uh, now that we have our new uh, sports betting analyst and advisor and whatever you want to call him, it, the guy's basically an ATM. Uh, he's currently got a record of four and three. The wins heavily outweigh the uh the losses and uh the free parking camp has been doing pretty good mead uh what's your strategy man tell us how this last week went
1: uh rule number one the phillies this year are an atm and by that i mean uh we hit the over i think three times in a row uh we parlayed them last weekend with the J. tampa bay uh, rays yeah
0: tampa bay rays.
1: Yep. Uh, that was a nice win um you play that line right. I guess it's with any team, but you play that line right, and they are money this season. Uh, the energy coming out of Philadelphia and that, the bullpen's crap, but we'll get we'll get with that. Uh, but the bats are just hot. Um, definitely helping the pockets over here at uh, free parking <laughs> for sure. And uh, I'm excited to see where it's going to go.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, we we look at our last record, the Phillies with the over every time we had one game, I believe it was against the Mets. The over was at nine. We covered the over in the first inning. The Phillies scored 11 runs. I, I was like going crazy. I'm like they covered a nine run over in the first inning. Like their bats, man, like, like Mead said, are just on fire. And, you know, you were uh, speaking of being on fire, you were telling me about this guy on Jeopardy or something. Yeah, so there's a this guy on Jeopardy. I forget his name. Uh, he's a
1: uh, professional sports better out of Las Vegas. He's currently on a 12 day winning streak, $850,000. Oh, my goodness, dude. The previous single day record was $77,000. He's had three games over that. Most <laughs> recently, an $80,000 game. Last week, he beat the record, I think it was Tuesday, at $110,000 in a single day. The next day, he beat that $131,000.
0: He put one hundred thirty-one dollars up in one day? Yes. Oh, my goodness. $25,000 I...
1: on a double Jeopardy play that was worth $800.
0: Oh, my goodness, man. I So, typically, uh, I actually do look pretty closely into Jeopardy growing up. That was always on the TV. I actually didn't know about any of this. Um, I just haven't been able to watch recently. But, uh, dude, what a story. Who was the other guy way back in the day? Alex Jen, Not uh, Ken Jennings or whatever. Ken yeah, Jennings. 74,
1: yeah, 74-game 74 win streak, 2.4 million. And I haven't watched Jeopardy in, uh, probably since my grandma was around in 2012. But uh, ESPN is even covering this story. Yeah. Uh, this
0: guy is a uh, legend in the making. Dude, what a story that is, man. And I yo, I mean, why not? Why not beat Ken Jennings record? We haven't seen Ken Jennings. I mean, geez, since I was in middle school. So, you know, over a decade ago. So let's uh, you know, let's root for this guy. Hopefully he can win some money. And uh, you know, I mean, I love it. Love to see it.
2: In uh in sports betting news, did you guys hear about that guy that put eighty five grand on Tiger to win the tournament the Masters?
0: Yes, yes, I did I, hear about I'm, that.
2: I'm looking at the article right now. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but here it says James Aducci, ADDUCCI was presented with a check for more than 1.2 million dollars on Monday at a Las Vegas sports book. He cashed in on a 14 to 1 odds that he would take the Masters down. And I just did the math for it and it's literally it doesn't say in the article, but it's 85 grand. Like this guy's got confidence or 85 grand sitting around to bet on tiger winning the masters tigers back, baby. I am super excited to see, uh, the next golf major after seeing that
0: without a doubt, dude, tiger is, is like the Phillies, man. He's going to be an ATM for the rest of the year. This masters win is going to propel him through the roof. Um, you know, over at the free parking camp, we're huge golf guys. Um, we love watching it. And, uh, dude, to see tiger win, like we mentioned last episode was absolutely insane. um, You know, I just I really think that this eighty five thousand thing man. the whole the thing I've been thinking about this whole time is it must be nice to just be able to toss eighty five grand on a on a bet like to just have (laughs) that money. Like, yeah,
2: I don't know what this guy does, but he's got to be loaded to cat. I mean, if you think about it, that's not the only sports bet this guy has placed in his life. If he's been eighty five grand on Tiger to win the Masters, he has one hundred percent placed another significant bet on something and lost on it. he had to if yeah there's no way this is like on the whimsical he takes home a 1.2 million uh cash out from vegas which is absolutely unreal payouts um props to the guy i I could probably retire on 1.2 million if i was at his (laughs) age so credit to him
0: yeah yeah more power to you
2: in terms of the masters i was listening to this podcast it was. Uh, it's a podcast Sebastian Maniscalco runs. It's absolutely hilarious. If you listen to a lot of podcasts and you like comedy, uh, definitely check it out. I think it's called the Pete and Sebastian Show. But they were talking about uh, winning the Masters and getting the green jacket. And uh, did you know, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but they were saying it on there, whoever wins the Masters can play at Augusta for a year. And after that, it goes away and you have to win the masters again to play at augusta
0: i saw that you get a five-year guaranteed bid to play at augusta after you win the masters and you five get years yeah i saw I, I was looking it up with uh my girlfriend because we were curious about the benefits you get for winning the masters because it's obviously like one of the biggest majors the biggest major in golf um and it was saying something about you get uh I mean, you get a huge chunk of the purse. The purse this year for the Masters was around $9 million, $7 to $9 million, $11 million. Yeah, so Tiger got a huge chunk of that. Um, Obviously, Tiger has won the Masters four prior times. So he's got, you know, I mean, I guess you're doing math and you get five years and he's got five wins. He's got another, what, 25 years on the the Masters run or whatever that is. Um, I mean, and dude, another thing too, when you win the Masters, you get to be a part of that elite group of people that gets to be at the masters every year he gets to pick the dinner next year you know uh we saw our boy uh patrick reed pick up that uh southern comfort menu you know prime rib mac and cheese like all that stuff chicken um which was uh not surprising to see him do that but yeah man the perks of winning the masters are unbelievable
2: and you get the jacket for the just a year right
0: no, no, no! That jacket's yours for the rest of your life. I mean, did you ever see that picture of all those guys eating, eating dinner in the, you know, in that room? No. I don't know. Yeah, dude. There's like pictures of the enti- everyone who's ever won the Masters gets to go to the Masters for the rest of their life, whether they're playing or not. Like Jack Nicholas always has his green jacket on. You know, Jordan Spieth will well, forever. Well,
2: like at the end of uh, on the 18th hole, whoever wins, they're always standing like right by the clubhouse, along with like all the other pro golfers. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. couldn't, I couldn't chime in on uh, last week's episode when Tiger won. When you guys were describing um, how he won and he's walking through the crowds of people, but that right there is going to be probably a pinnacle highlight of golf history.
0: Absolutely, man. They were they were juxtaposing a picture. We mentioned this last week. They were juxtaposing a picture of Tiger hugging his father. Uh, his late father who passed away shortly after he won his first master's tournament to a video of him hugging his son after he won his most recent master's tournament. It was beautiful, man. It was, you know, bring a tear to your eye. It's, it's something, obviously we're talking about it in two consecutive weeks because it's such a big deal. So, um, you know, that being said, we'll move on and, uh, you know, power to tiger and, uh, yo game of
2: Thrones. Yeah, I was just going to say we need to segment into this because it was a fantastic episode going to be leading into episode three. You could start it off. You describe it.
0: Yeah, so uh, Mead is still catching up. Um, Unfortunately, you know, he's not one of those guys that's like, oh, I'm not watching or I haven't watched. He's, uh, you know, he's powering through it, trucking through it because he he enjoys it. So it's going to be a little bit of spoilers here for Mead, but, you know, like we said, like Deaver said last episode, you know, if you're listening now, and uh, and we're talking about it. You obviously know there's going to be spoilers. So, dude, first things first. We finally got to see Arya. You know, I don't even know how you want to describe it. Get with Gendry. We could. G-
2: we saw this coming very easily. Yeah. Um. Early in the episode, he was out there making the uh, dragon glass weapons, and she was just watching him. Like you could tell by the way that, that the scene was shot. That that at this this episode was going to lead to something between them um she's throwing the three knives against the wall and they're all in the same accuracy like she's downstairs shooting bow and arrows like pinpoint accuracy i think everyone's underestimating Arya's power in this i think she's going to last all the way through all of game of thrones i don't see her dying i think she's very powerful
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, man. I think, uh, you know, obviously, Mita, I want you to chime in when you can, but uh,
2: how far exactly
1: are you? It's not very far, to be honest.
0: Like, season one, season
1: two? The thing with Game of Thrones is my phone distracts me a lot, and
0: when I'm watching
1: TV, I have the the brain capacity of a bird.
0: (laughs) So all right, so I, I guess we can't get a you know an early vision of what Arya is like from Mead, but um, dude, I mean, you know, you look at Arya, you look at Gendry, it was always in the making. Now, the big thing that happened at the end of episode two in the most recent season eight was the last five minutes. Jon Stark, aka Aegon Targaryen, finally broke the news to Daenerys Targaryen. Nate, what did you think of that?
2: So the the part that I liked about this whole scene was that uh Jon Snow kind of filled her in. Basically there was this picture I saw on Twitter, I think it was. It was a picture of uh Daenerys and it said bend the knee and it was a picture of Jon Snow with a reverse Uno card. And <laughs> this like scene couldn't have displayed it any better. The part that I liked about this scene so much was that it didn't give the viewer an opportunity to see what Daenerys felt and thought about it. Immediately, they, in the background, you hear the signals that uh, the White Walkers were here and you didn't get to hear her opinion. And I, I'm not sure if, at this point, we will hear what she has to think about it. The fight is starting next episode. Right. This, the ending scene of this was literally a, every, every White Walker out there that is exists in this world is right outside the wall. And it shit is going to go down next episode, one yeah. hundred percent. It is probably <laughs> yeah. going to be the pinnacle of the season on how this all happens. Yeah. But one thing about this episode I didn't like: didn't see any dragon work. No dragons in the making in this. This whole episode was nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, this episode was a lot of informational um, um, stuff. So you know, we didn't get any dragon work. But I also hear that it costs like a lot of money to CGI dragons every episode, so uh, if they can save money sure. when they can, I'm sure they're going <laughs> to But that. Uh, no, man, exactly what you said when they faded away, you know, right to the White Walker battle, the very beginning of it, you didn't get to hear Daenerys's opinion on it, and I honestly, I was talking with a couple people I was watching with, I don't think she's, like, that upset about it. I really, like, something about a man just doesn't seem like she is, uh, you know, going to be really upset. It almost seems like, wait a minute, this is like a perfect storm. We might be able to do this together. Because did you see the way when uh, when you heard the whistle blow or the horn blow? John looks at Daenerys and nods their head, and they both walk away. I assumed you will get on the dragons. Correct?
2: That's what I thought too. And I and the, the, you're looking, you're watching Game of Thrones, you're looking at your phone, and you're like, how much more can we pack into this episode? Because right. you wait every single week for that Sunday, and you're just watching is this scene ending right here how long are the credits on this one and they cut the scene to all the white walkers i would assume that they're they 100 have to be john snow and Daenerys fighting on the dragons no one else can be on the dragons that's they're the dragon riders that's right set in stone i think this final battle is going to have john snow and Daenerys on the two dragons fighting the ice king on his dragon it's going to be yeah. the final scene.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. How crazy was it, though, that Bran was willing to be the sacrifice? You know, when he explained to everyone that, you know, the Night King put his mark on Bran and that, uh, you know, if the Night King kills Bran, he eliminates history. So it was a massive uh, underrated part of that episode. I think um, he's going to go sit in the godswood and, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm thinking that. Uh, oh, yo, another thing, too. Theon and Sansa did you did you know, see that chemistry they were having on the on that episode
2: yeah they're relatives right
0: not not by blood they grew up together but they're not relatives
2: okay. by blood it's it's very hard to keep when you're watching Game of Thrones it's very hard to keep track of who's related to who and I mean there's a lot of family stuff going on in this but I remember an episode in the early Game of Thrones that everybody's young They were all together. I mean, this is when Ned Stark was even still around. They Mm. were, you see, all the young kids when everyone was alive. They were all together, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. Theon was a ward of Ned Stark um, after Ned Stark um, beat the king of the Iron, or supposed king of the Iron Islands. So um, Theon was like, I guess, like a war prize almost. But Ned Stark, obviously being the honorable man he was, treated Theon as a son. Um, So, yo. Like you said about the families, though, man, it was hilarious to see that Daenerys and Jon weren't so like weird about it. You know that they were relatives. Like, they yeah, were relatives. no, that,
2: that doesn't cross their mind in this. In that, in their world, that does not cross their mind.
0: Right, because it's so typical for family members to be intimate. That, like, when Jon explains to Daenerys that they that Jon was her cousin and uh and whatnot or that no that john was her nephew but technically the rightful heir to the throne it didn't pass either of their minds at least they didn't show it on the tv show that you know they were <laughs> intimate with each other and they were family you know it's weird
2: i disagree with you when you said that she seemed to be okay with it that like okay like we could do this together in the early in the episode she was trying to remember exactly what the context of the conversation was but she said i'm gonna fight the i'm gonna fight against the white walkers and then i'm gonna take the iron throne and like she was like that is my plan that has always been my goal and they had a conversation she said to Jon snow what about after and she's like you would you will be the rightful heir to the throne and I think she was. I mean, I think she's kind of like pissed about that. She, her whole life, she wanted the Iron Throne, and and now it's everything true. that she had, leading up to this point, is erased. It's if they survive, mu- if they survive this battle against the White Walkers, he is all, an auto bid. It's like an auto yeah. bid to Nationals. <laughs> yeah, they, he secured an auto bid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, if Daenerys has any honor in her. Everything she's done, while has been extremely influential in her rise to power, is basically null and void to the fact that Aegon Targaryen, aka Jon Snow, is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. So we'll see what happens next episode. Um, You know, this, uh, I'm going to segue real quick and the Game of Thrones talk and jump into a quick segment for Deaver, the Star Wars uh universe i guess yeah star wars universe has just announced that they'll be coming out with a show called the mandalorian which is a live action tv show based on um the war based society of the mandalorians um which is uh where boba fett and jango fett are descended from um and where the clones kind of got their armor and helmet uh concepts from as well Um, so yeah, just quick shout out to Deeves. We miss you brother. Um, and, uh, yo, uh, another thing only two weeks until he's back and we're uh, back in the studio. So hopefully we get the whole squad together, rip a nice podcast and, uh, we'll see what happens. All right, everybody. So back to the fan favorite segment, the beer reviews today, you know, we have a good one, you know, meat and I are actually together right now. Nate is back in Jersey, uh, meat and I are over in Delaware. Uh, so, We were actually able to snag some Corona, Uh, you know, cheers through the camera. We have Corona and, uh, you know, let's see what happens here. I do not like it. I don't like it, dude. I I don't like it.
1: I have to strongly disagree. uh... (laughs) Dude. The only thing I don't like about Corona is Corona Light, Corona Premier, but Corona Extra. Come on now, you can't go wrong with that, especially with a
0: lime. Dude, this beer is like drinking a skunk. I I am struggling to drink this beer right now. I've, you know, I've obviously had it prior to this beer review, so I'm a little biased, but I am an extremely uh, negative reviewer on Corona. It's dude, it just doesn't taste good. Doesn't taste
1: good. Rona season's coming up, bro. Come on
0: now. No, no, no. This season. Put on the
1: LBI, crack a Corona,
0: dip no, a lime in there. No. Right in
1: front of the ocean,
0: dude. It's Bud Light Lime season. I'm a Bud Light guy through and through. It's Bud Light Lime season. Let's not get that mixed up. It's, it's
1: always blind time though. Yeah, that's it's, true. Corona it's season though.
0: So all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rate this beer, man. This will be to date the lowest score I have ever given on a beer at a. Here, you ready for this? A 0.5. Oh my goodness, that low!
1: Goodness, awful. It's awful, dude. Bit bit of a low ball there. No, no way. I'm a big beer guy. I'm excited for the beer review. Uh, trying to get Justin in IPAs, but I have to strongly disagree with that. This is nothing to write home about. This is not a special beer. This is not something anything special. I do have to give it a 6.3, though.
0: Oh, dude.
2: Wow, that is very high for our ratings.
0: A 6 point... What was the 6 point what? 6.3. 6.3, 6.3 on, a, on skunk juice. Wow. All right, so this week's Shit You Don't Say came out of my mouth today, Easter Sunday, unfortunately. Um, you know, Easter Sunday is a day... You know, it's a religious day, um, and a lot of people celebrate it. Obviously, my family is uh, big on Easter... So, here it is. I'm my mom's like, "All right, everybody, dinner's ready." So I'm like, "Great, like starving, hadn't eaten all day, ready to roll, go up, get my plate of food." I'm like, "All right, like this is great. Like haven't eaten, so hungry. Sit down on the couch in the living room, watching ba- like NBA playoff basketball, just diving into my meatballs and and uh, and whatever." My mom shouts from across the room, "Hey, Josh." And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like she's like, "Can you get papa a drink?" And my grandfather was right next to the fridge, right where the drinks are. I'm sitting in the living room on the couch. And, you know, my grandfather and I have like a really tight knit relationship where like we joke hard with each other all the time. Like, uh, for those of you who know me, you know that my pop and I, like, we're like inseparable. Anyway, I hit him with a, I look at him like from across the room. And this is totally shit you don't say. I literally just go, Pop. Mind you, he's 77, 78 years old. I go, Pop, get your own damn drink. <laughs> and he looks at me. He looks at me. Easter Sunday. He's like, "Really, dude?" Like, he's like, "I'm like, no." Like, you are right next in to the fridge, AD, man.
2: A group of Christian bishops known as the Council of what? Men's <laughs> you have demons in your house.
0: The All right. Um, keep that in the podcast because <laughs> Alexa, Alexa just yelled at me for talking about Easter and shouting at my grandpa. So oh I know my. that was a little pause, a little weird, but uh, Alexa's right next to me and she was just talking some weirdness i don't know what that was but uh, to yeah uh,
2: something I'm gonna about run it i'm gonna run it back and edit that scene right there or that audio right there what was that did i don't you know say did you say alexa at all
0: no i didn't i don't know how that happened dude keep this all in the podcast maybe Is a that
2: word that sounded thin. like alexa
0: yeah dude oh dude every time you say it she keeps lighting up so let's let's cut it let's cut it uh cut it low with the a words but uh yeah so back to the shit you don't say um i I basically told my grandfather to grab his own damn drink um you know we all got a laugh out of it my brother was sitting right next to me he was chuckling because you know like we have that relationship it's not like it was me being disrespectful it was like me joking around with him but you know on easter sunday definitely shit you don't say to your grandfather all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the podcast. I understand um, some of our listeners are going to be like, yo, where was Deaver? Where was Jim? This and that. I hope we were able to, you know, entertain you guys a little bit. Uh, Nate, me, thank you so much for uh, filling in for where the other boys couldn't. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in studio in two weeks. Two weeks until the, our listeners get good audio again. Uh, Absolutely.
2: I'm so- it was a pleasure to come on. Uh, finally... Have my voice heard on the pod, been doing a lot of behind the scenes work. So uh, glad I can finally chirp in and give my two cents.
0: I'm excited to see where it takes me. Yeah, absolutely, Mead. Uh, you know, not only is it uh, the first full pod you've done, but it is, uh, you know, you're part of the team now. So we'll be hearing a lot more from these two. Deaver, if you're listening, uh, excited to have you back. And, uh, you know, thanks everybody and uh, cut it out.
2: Good birds. Alexa. Play dreams and nightmares by meek mill here's dreams and nightmares oh, by meek she Mill. she did it and amazon music she did it hold on wait a minute y'all thought i was finished when i bought i ass them y'all thought it was rainy. flexing on these muzzle game like papa on the spinach double m yeah that's my team Rose, hey, the captain i'm lieutenant i'm the type can the main cast and grind like i'm broke